This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. Good day, Americans. Thanksgiving is around the corner and it is an American holiday and it's a great holiday for us to be thankful. However, can Thanksgiving unite the country as it is today? And if so, what are you thankful for? I personally am optimistic about America, and so are others, and we're going to talk about that. Last but not least, the most stupid people in the world. You'll be surprised about this one, this story, as it relates to the most stupid people in the world. So sit back and think about Thanksgiving and what you are thankful for. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are going to start off with the origins of Thanksgiving, this American holiday. If you go online, doesn't matter where you search, you're going to get about a 90% against Thanksgiving compared to a 10% of the truth. They are going to try very hard to drown the truth about Thanksgiving. So it depends on where you go and what you listen to of what the truth is. Truth is written in history books. It's written by the people of this country, not by the media today. That's the difference. You have to separate yourself from what is coming through that electronic tube and listen to the truth written down in this country, and many, many, many archives in Washington, D.C., throughout this country. And I'm going to start off with a Prager University video that I think gives a great, great explanation of the truth about Thanksgiving. In Plymouth, Massachusetts, in the autumn of 1621, 53 men, women, and children celebrated their first harvest in the New World. The great Indian chief, Massasoit, brought 90 of his men to the three-day party. From all reports, a good time was had by all. How did this event, which happened almost 400 years ago, become a part of the American story and our oldest national tradition? Credit goes to many people, but two stand out. One you know and one you should know, Abraham Lincoln and Sarah Josepha Hale. More on both in a moment. As a religious people, Americans have always had a keen sense they have been blessed by providence. The pilgrims certainly felt this, and so did subsequent generations, including George Washington. Washington was the first president to declare a national day of public thanksgiving and praise. 
But it wasn't until the Civil War that the idea of a National Day of Thanksgiving fully took hold. In the autumn of 1863, at the height of the Civil War, when Americans were bitterly divided, Abraham Lincoln nevertheless called for a day of national thanksgiving. Lincoln began his proclamation this way. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. This was an extraordinary way to characterize 1863, the bloodiest year of the war. But even in the midst of a civil war of unequaled severity and magnitude, Lincoln continued, the nation had much to be thankful for and much to look forward to. The day was coming when America would again be united and experience, as Lincoln put it, a large increase of freedom. It was a profoundly hopeful message, reminding Americans of their nation's capacity for renewal. Lincoln's decision to call for a national thanksgiving came at the urging of a far-sighted and persistent magazine editor who believed such a celebration would have a deep moral influence on the American character. Her name was Sarah Josepha Hale. More than any single person, she is the reason we celebrate Thanksgiving today. By the 1840s, many states had established an annual day of Thanksgiving, but the date varied widely from state to state. Hale saw the value of a day in which the entire nation celebrated as one. For two decades, she conducted a campaign to consolidate public support for her idea. As the influential editor of one of the most popular periodicals of the 19th century, year after year she wrote columns making the case for the holiday. She published fiction and poems with a Thanksgiving Day theme, and she offered her readers recipes for traditional Thanksgiving dishes, such as roast turkey and pumpkin pie. And by the way, she also wrote the nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Presidents Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, and Franklin Pierce, to whom she had written letters, showed little interest in her cause, but Lincoln saw its potential. His proclamation was the first in what became an unbroken string of annual Thanksgiving proclamations by every subsequent president. Congress finally sealed the deal in 1941, when President Franklin Roosevelt signed legislation making Thanksgiving an official national holiday. Lincoln and Hale believed the act of expressing gratitude had tremendous healing power. In his Thanksgiving proclamation, Lincoln spoke not as commander-in-chief of the Union forces, but as president of the entire nation, North and South. He made no reference to rebels or enemies. Rather, the president spoke of the whole American people. It's a message that resonates today when Americans, even within families, are divided over issues of politics and culture. Thanksgiving, our nation's oldest tradition, brings us together just as it brought the pilgrims and Indians together in 1621. Lincoln said it best when he called on every American to celebrate Thanksgiving with one heart and one voice. Thanksgiving gives us a moment to focus on the blessings of being Americans, on the prosperity, security, and freedom we enjoy. If Lincoln could focus on these blessings in the middle of the Civil War, we should certainly be able to do so today. Here's a suggestion. At this year's Thanksgiving table, ask everyone to spend a minute to say what they are grateful for. I suspect you'll find your guests will have a long and eloquent list, 
And if they don't, you can help them out. Suggest they start with family, friends, and living in the freest country in the world. After all, if we don't give thanks, what's the point of Thanksgiving? I'm Melanie Kirkpatrick, Senior Fellow at the Hudson Institute and author of Thanksgiving, the Holiday at the Heart of the American Experience for Prager University. Thank you for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation. Wouldn't it be just awesome if we got back to teaching the truth about Thanksgiving in our schools? How much more pleasant our country would be with the truth as it relates to Thanksgiving. Well, I personally are pretty optimistic about our country. I'm optimistic about this Thanksgiving. I'm going to have my family come and visit, and we're going to spend a great time together like we've always done in America for Thanksgiving. So are there other people that are optimistic about Thanksgiving and specifically about America? Well, I did find a person at the town hall, and her name is Star Parker. And she wrote this article today, I'm Optimistic About America. And she says this, I'm a conservative, and I guess I should be writing a column about my great distress resulting from this election. But I'm not going to write that column because it's not what I feel. I'm actually quite upbeat and optimistic about the country that I love with all my genuine and legitimate concerns about the chaos and violence that have ravaged many of our urban areas about the stringent rhetoric dominating our media with its grossly distorted message about what is happening in America. When it comes time to vote, America, democracy prevails. So she's optimistic because of the democracy that we have. And that is absolutely true. Because of our democracy and because of our freedoms and the ability to vote is why she is optimistic. Another great patriot from the town hall, Derek Hunter, posted this in November 28th of 2019. And he says, first, family, friends, readers, listeners, and all those things we list because we have to. We're all thankful for each of them, but we rarely say it, and we should. One day, they won't be here, or you won't be here. And better you not leave them, or vice versa, guessing or regretting. Unambiguously, Telling them is easy, costs nothing, and will leave you feeling better than the meat sweets you all share at the dinner. What Derek is telling us is we say all these things about, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that. But do you really mean it? Do you really feel thankful? That's what Americans are. We're thankful for everything that God has provided to us in this country. The prosperity, the family, the good times, our culture, fishing, doing the things that we love. That's the truth about being thankful. And when we say those things, we mean it. Thankful for my family and my friends. That 
is the true thankfulness that we have to put in our heart and let everybody know around us. In a weird roundabout way, I'm actually thankful for the election that we had because it brought a lot more conservatives and the values of America into the government. That's important for all of us, that American values stay within the federal government as much as possible to get real people with real values to fight against these people that want to tear down America and could care less about Thanksgiving. So think about this. This article is from The Hill, which I normally don't pay much attention to, but this is some truth that they put out there. I don't know what their reasons is. Maybe it is because it is the truth and they decide to tell us. And this is what they say. House Democratic incumbents who lost in the House. There were eight seats flipped in the House representatives from Democrat to Republican. And this is what I'm thankful for. Eight different seats. And listen to the states that the seats were flipped in. The first one, Republican Harley Rhoda was the incumbent Democrat from California, lost by 48 points. Debbie Marcosel Powell from Florida, lost by 26 points. Donna Salala from Florida, lost by 27 points. Abby Finkernauer, Iowa, lost by one point. Colin Peterson from Minnesota, lost by seven points. Exacti Torres Small, New Mexico, lost by two points. Kendra Holm, Oklahoma, lost by five points. Joe Cunningham from South Carolina, lost by one points. There are Democrats that lost their seat in the House and were replaced by you voting for conservative values in America. That is absolutely awesome. And to put something even better on top of this, there are still 10 pending races, incumbent races that the, have not been decided in America. And here they are. In California, T.J. Cox, Mike Garcia, they're both Republicans. California, Gil Cisneros, a Democrat, Lauren Underwood in Illinois, a Democrat. Iowa, David Lombasak, a Democrat. Lee Zeldin, a Republican in New York. New York, Pete King, a Republican. Max Rose, a Democrat. And Sean Patrick Mahoney in New York, a Democrat. So you can see a lot of people from New York and a few from California that are Democrats are still fighting for their seats. We have to pray pray that the election brings the conservative values back into the House of Representatives. That's what I'm thankful for, that we got more people in the government, in the House, and across the United States. We actually won another governor in America that's Republican. So that's the good news. That's the thankful news that this big blue wave didn't happen. So for my Thanksgiving wish, my Thanksgiving feelings is that there's hope, there's optimistic in America, 
that we can turn America back around into the values that made the country where it is. So I'm going to bring you into a little bit of different area. And it's an article that I found that I thought was interesting. And I thought it kind of fit right in to our Thanksgiving in America and what we should be thankful for. And it's called From Town Hall Again by Jim Hutzinger wrote this article, The Most Stupid People in the World. Go to the show notes and you can check it out. But it's a great article and it really makes sense, especially for any of us that's been overseas and see how other people live in different countries. And I have been to Africa and I know exactly what this guy is saying. So I'm going to read this article as fast as I can and at the same time make sure that we get the understanding. During one of our visits, John told me in a deeply insightful story. A Congolese friend and a colleague named Kasango Munza, during his first visit to the United States in 2000, made an astute observation of America and Americans, and this is his story. We were conducting a conference at Zion United Methodist Church in Kokomo, Indiana, Kasanga was just attending the conference where I was speaking, and he was asked to get up and give a small presentation. At that point, in a question-and-answer environment, he began clear that it was Kanga's first trip to America. So this is his first time here in America. Someone asked him what he thought of America. He sat very quiet for a moment, and then he said, I think Americans are the most stupid people in the world. There was a long silence and no one said anything. Then Kasango asked, Will anyone ask me why I have just insulted you? So someone in the large group raised their hand and asked the question. Kasango said, Thank you for asking. I have come here to America and I have seen things that I could not have even imagined. Your worst houses are better than our best houses in the Congo. Your roads are fantastic. Your farms and your factories are overwhelming. Your wealth is beyond belief. Everything we have ever dreamed of in Africa, you already have. We in Africa know that this is kind of good fortune. Wealth and prosperity does not happen by accident. It grows out of a sound worldview and a moral understanding that produces positive results. These moral understandings came from America's adherence to Christian values and principles, which have become deeply embedded in society. I now see this country at many levels rejecting the very values and principles that have brought this prosperity. I look with amazement and see people who think they can destroy the foundational values of their society and still enjoy the prosperity and blessings that come from those values. I say to myself, these are the most stupid people in the world. They are destroying their own hands their hard-earned prosperity. Absolutely the truth. 
Our own citizens have forgot what it's like to be thankful or even know that they should be thankful. I've always said this, and you can ask any of my friends when I talk about people having complaints and this and that and talking about all the issues in their life. I say, real simple, send these people on an airplane to Africa for two weeks. Don't put them in a hotel. Put them in the society in Africa and places like that, and I guarantee you, when they come home, they're going to understand what being thankful is all about. I want to end this podcast with a video. Now, it is six minutes long, but it's very important to listen to because it's one of the greatest ever patriotic videos that was ever created in this country, especially for this time. And if you haven't heard this video, you will be amazed at the patriotism in America and what we have to be thankful for. Years from now, some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've been given. Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in, don't back down, and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the Founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our Creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares, in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, never quit. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible 
as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not fail. As long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come. I am thankful for our best days are yet to come, and I believe that. President Trump is a leader and understands who America really is. In America, we do not worship the government like the communists are doing today. We worship God, and that is our hope that our best days are to come. I also want to give you a quote that will give you encouragement for today's situation. Now, this is from Napoleon Bonaparte, a French general back in the day, lost in the Waterloo. Go check it out if you don't know the history. But what he says here and what he is quoting is so true. Courage isn't having the strength to go on. It is going on when you don't have the strength. That's true courage. When you continue to fight for America, even though you're drained and you don't have it to keep going, but you got to keep fighting and you got to keep going on. Stand up, show up, and speak up. This is the Gunny out.